It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. morning to you. Good busiest commute day of the week day to you. Yeah, Tuesday being what it is. That's all right. We're glad to be with you this morning. Happy to have you with us on Light the Tower. On the Horn, 1049, 1019 AM 1260. We're live local and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. So glad to have you with us. And um Jeff Howell will be along in a little bit. Meanwhile, our producer is here, as always, Cameron Parker, who's on board as well this morning. How you doing this morning, Cam? Craig, every once in a while, you'll have a, a moment, an event, something in your life that just, man, just reinvigorates you, Craig. Yeah? Did you have such a thing? I did. Last night, for the first time since, I think, like 2019, I was able to dunk a basketball. What, no, what, you you dunked a basketball I last did. night? I did. Wow. My legs are finally coming back. Look at you. What, what, have you done anything unusual to, you know, make that happen? I did more jump roping in my exercise regimen, but nothing crazy. Not, nothing that I would think. Maybe maybe that that was just it. More more leg day, but because uh, six two and a half, yes. so I feel like I should be able. To dunk. to dunk, at least, you know, semi-regularly. I hadn't been able to do it in a game. I went for a putback last night. Uh, did not go well. Yeah. Uh, did not. Was not, was not the move. <laughs> uh, warm-ups, I could dunk, but. <laughs> but I'll keep you updated, Craig, on in-game dunking. So, um, this for folks who don't know, you, you do play. Are, are you in an actual league, or is this a We're not in a league right now. It's thing? just more pickup. Just pickup at Cedar Park. And how many of you? See, last night we had about, like, 22. So it was a good, good, good amount of guys playing. Okay, and this is over the Cedar Park Rec Center yeah. there, off yeah. Discovery. Yeah. Okay, or whatever the street is that goes up through there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so, uh, how long do the games last when you play? Oh, it just depends on uh, you're playing to a score. Yeah, I think usually we do like you know either fifteen. Or if you're 20. playing full court, you know it's like twenty. Some people are like, "Hey, let's play by threes and twos to 30. What does that mean, threes and twos? So like when you like you have a three pointer, because yep. usually normally when you play pickup basketball, three pointers are two points, two pointers are one point. Usually okay. you you'll play to like twelve or fifteen, twenty one, for some reason. And I noticed that a lot more in in Texas they'll do full court to thirty off threes and twos, which okay. I'm North Carolina. I grew up. Grew up fifteen and make it take it. Yeah, here it's every other, which, was, which makes more. sense. When I was a kid but, and a teenager, it was all make it take. Yeah, it. that was more fun because yeah. then you could just win fifteen nothing every time. Yeah, yeah, it's like running the table in billiards. Exactly that that sort of thing. So, um, how long have you been doing this? Have you been playing pickup? Yeah, probably with my this whole group? life. 
No, no, I mean with this the, group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably since probably since I moved here. Okay. So, kind of, not which was 2016. So, okay. Different guys have come in and out. You know, people move away and stuff. You go to different locations because we usually, you know, you try to, you know, I played uh, the Clay Clay Madsen and Round Rock. We played the Hill Country Indoor mm-hmm. uh, out in in Lake Lakeway area. Cedar Park. We used to play outdoors a lot uh, when it's 110 degrees outside. Right. Not, right. not the smartest not so idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not 18 anymore. So can, uh, to to give folks a little bit of background on your day, I mean, for folks, they've heard they say you're a University of Texas graduate, right, sir? But you said when I moved to the area mm-hmm. in 16. Mm-hmm. So that's from North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that you've pretty much been in the same group, even while you were in college, you were playing pickup with the same group. Yeah. I mean, I would play more when you're in college, you know, you have intramurals and stuff. So that, that was really fun. Um, play more, try to get some of the guys to come out to uh, the rec center and Gregory gym and everything when I, when I was there at UT. Cause that was fun. Games at Greg, pickup games at Greg, uh, different experience because you never know. Cause you'd be there and you would see some UT football players come in. It's like, really? all right, it's probably time for me to leave. I'm not gonna get posterized. This oh, okay. You don't to, I, I played a few games, pick up your few game. games, and it's like, okay, this is why I I can't be a professional basketball player. So, okay, it's a good reminder. Okay, all right, all right. These athletes are actually athletes. How is your recovery time these days? I'm Awful. I'm feeling it this morning. Feeling are you? this morning? Yeah, a little sore. Yeah, a little sore. Okay, a little sore. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, so, because uh, I'd wonder about because I know you were still pretty active on a lot of those things. Um, okay, uh, several things to get to here on the program, including the fact we'll give away another copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, the 2023 edition. We'll give away a copy of that on the program this morning. Uh, also, we'll have Inconceivable. We have a fast food note uh, with Inconceivable, and it's it's of a different type, and it's not necessarily around about the food as uh, the business of it so to speak. So uh, we'll have that uh, coming up. Uh, we do have Longhorn Notebooks coming each of your way. We have uh, our Flex 30 update where we'll continue with our look at the preseason watch list for the all-flex team, special teams today. So we'll we'll get to that as well. Uh, the uh, In the NFL, the breaking news is that uh, the Giants and Saquon Barkley have come to terms. One-year deal. They say it could be worth up to 11 million dollars for that they were at an impasse for a while but uh he did not go the Le'Veon bell route he went ahead and came to came to a deal which is which is good news at least this year uh for the giants is this because of the running back zoom meeting Craig? how about that how about that <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard several different people talk about both on the national and the and uh and, and on our station as well talk about that about that running back zoom i listen I'm impressed that they got it together. Yeah. You think about guys with their schedules? I mean, my goodness. I mean, just for us to have a quorum, you know, in the building, it took some jumping through hoops to get everybody on board with conference calls or Zooms or things like that. But for for, for running backs to do that, that was pretty impressive for them to do that. And there wasn't, like, something that really came out of it. Basically just said we just talked about it. Like okay, I can talk to other people about you know not making enough money. Doesn't mean I'm going to get a big contract. Yeah, yeah, basically just more of an event session. But hey, Saquon got his contract, and then with Naheem Himes, his injury Buffalo, you know, of course Dalvin Cook, his brother plays for the Bills. It seems like Buffalo could go after Dalvin Cook, but 
you know, doesn't mean they're going to want willing to pay what Dalvin Cook wants because he wants something close to that $10, 11000000 million contract, which, I mean, I mean I'm surprised Saquon even agreed to it. $2 million signing bonus, up to $11 million uh, if he gets all those incentives. But, you know, the, the days of these running backs making double digits, I think, are going to be few and far between. I'm interested in seeing what Bijan gets for that first contract, if he can stay healthy, if he plays to the way that, we, that we've seen him play, Craig, at UT, and what he can do in the NFL. I'm curious what will happen with his contract because he's he's a type of guy that, you know, 20 years ago, he would have for sure probably got something closer to $20 million per year, but what will happen now in this new NFL market? Yeah, yeah. Also a few years away from that as well. Well, and I had originally targeted the Naheem Hines story as part of Inconceivable, but it's but we've got several other items, so we might as well go ahead and, and get into it. I mean, for folks who didn't hear, and I heard uh, Bucky and Aaron talking about it as well, it's just bizarre the way it is that he will – likely missed the entire season for uh, after sustaining that significant uh, knee injury in a jet ski accident. Uh, he, The story was he was sitting stationary on a jet ski and then hit by another rider, causing him to have a serious but non-life-threatening injury. This, you know, remember, Himes got picked up in the trade with the Colts last year, and he played nine games uh, with Buffalo. And... Um, you know, it's just a bizarre, bizarre thing. And uh, he's so now it looks like he's going to be completely out on that. And I know I know that some folks say, sure, he was just sitting there, you know, that that kind of thing. Um, that particular type of accident type thing might be a little easier to document than, say, some of the other stuff that we've heard about people saying tripped over my dog or mm-hmm. you know, did that. But there there have always been the bizarre things. Um, and we talked about those on the program before. Uh, the, uh, you know, injuring oneself by sneezing. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what My personal favorite, because I was covering the team at the time working in Dallas, was Odeby McDowell, the Rangers, slicing open a finger, buttering a roll at the uh. team's welcome home luncheon after – Spring training was done. That actually happened. I was there at the luncheon the day that happened. <laughs> so there was some uh, some bizarre stuff. We've seen um, some. You, Greg, you've seen some. David Hamilton tearing his yeah. ACL off the lime scooter. Yeah, being on the scooter. Uh, I'm I'm glad to see uh, David uh, not only get healthy and get rehab, but be able to reach the major yeah. leagues this year. With the Red Good Sox. For him. So, yeah, glad to hear that. Our uh, Specs text line is open at 337-3776-5-1-2-3-3-7-3-7-7-6. Bizarro Dale Dudley says, such a lovely story, and he tells it so well. Uh, so, um, uh, that Longhorn Bear says, I used to play in the old unair-conditioned Gregory Gym and saw Travis Mays once on the next court over. That was on the A court. So it's kind of like. You know, you know, not playing on center court at Wimbledon. You're on court eleven or something <laughs> like that over there to the side or something. So like. is a, is a court? Is that where? Because occasionally they would open up the volleyball court. Right. Is, is that the a court? The, the, the screen yeah. gets pulled back and all that. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think so. I think so. So. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, our, our man CB on the uh, specs text line says, "What happens to Dylan Campbell didn't sign his contract?" Uh, has until I believe four o'clock this afternoon to get that done today, and if it does not happen, his name is out of 
the draft pool, so to speak, and then one would assume he's going to return to the Texas Longhorns. I mean, technically, he could go play independent ball if he wanted to, but I'd, I'd rather doubt that would be the case. I think he'd be back in a Longhorn uniform. So, yeah. So there's, so you know, we'll uh, we'll monitor that. We've been we've been kind of you know watching it from afar. So we'll see. You know, uh, also uh, it's pointed out Happy Caddyshack Day, and uh, and our man uh, CB had had tweeted that out. It was forty three years ago today, July twenty fifth, nineteen eighty, that Caddyshack was released. Now I have a specific. Related question to ask you about this because um, you were born after, well after this movie came out, but I, I, I'm sure you've seen it. I have not actually. Wow, I know it's okay. shocking. Okay. I, I know, like I, I need to see it. It's one that's on my list. I just well, never got around to it for some reason. Some movies over the years, and, and apparently, especially I guess in the 70s and 80s have not held up well over time. This is one that does simply because of its comedic value and 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 the cast that they have in the movie. So, as CB points out, while Caddyshack 2 may be one of the mer- worst movies ever, the original one is really, really good. It's a movie that I, I've still... Have heard stories over the years from. I feel like I've you know almost have seen it, but I haven't seen it. Like the Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, yeah. how they hated each other, but yeah. how during their scenes they were just going straight off the dome, improving it, trying and to it get was, each other to laugh. It was great, you know. If you just need somebody to get crazy with, I'm your guy, you know. Cannonball, right back at you, you know. You'd have you'd have that, and uh, what does he say? You see, because this is a hybrid of California, Cincinnatian, and Kentucky bluegrass. So you could play 18 holes on it all day and then get stoned to the bejesus belt. <laughs> so so there's that. Yeah, yeah, uh, the, the characters were so really good. And, and uh, Longhorn fan, fan and Denton asked me, what, 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 what's your favorite Caddyshack character? Um, I think it would, believe it or not, I think it would probably be Judge Smales. It probably be the Ted Knight character because he play, he carried it off so well as a guy who took himself too seriously. Rodney Dangerfield as Al Cervic was was Rodney Dangerfield. He was basically just being his stand-up act practically. And uh, Bill Murray's great at characters and Chevy Chase and his specific way the way he the way he has done his characters at that time. Uh, you kind of got used to that. Um, Ted Knight, as Ted Baxter on the Mary Tyler Moore show, was a goofball, but he was a vulnerable, kind of lovable goofball. In Caddyshack, he's just supposedly this hard ass that takes himself too seriously. And, uh, you know, you'd hear him when he's talking to Danny Noonan, the the caddy, uh, Michael O'Keefe. You know, I've sent boys younger than you to the gas chamber. Didn't want to do it. Felt I owed it to them. You know, he would just, he would say all kinds of weird, stupid stuff. And, you know, and, and of course, and he had, he had his, he had his wife uh, when they, they had their little bitty boat and they were christening the boat. And he goes, it's easy to grin when your ship has come in and you've got the stock market beat. 
But the man worthwhile is the man who can smile when his pants are too tight in the seat. <laughs> Go ahead, Pookie, do the honors. <laughs> anyway, I christened this the flying wasp and then knocks the little uh, the uh, uh, the pointing bow off the bow with the bottle of champagne there. So anyway, uh, it. It it had its moments. You know, we learned so much about that movie later. You know, Cindy Morgan, who plays Lacey Underall, uh, was in very few movies after that. She was kind of mm, traumatized is a tough word for it, but she was she was from a real uh, conservative church going family. And anybody who's seen that movie knows that she has a very non church scene or two. Uh, in the movie with with uh, with Chevy Chase, and it so bothered her that she the 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 whole industry became incredibly distasteful to her. She was in Tron uh, later oh, in the movie. Really? So she was almost blackballed from because of the scene. No, no, she she kind of blackballed herself. Oh. She just kind of withdrew from it, and and uh, I think years later she you know did interviews and things like that. But it really truly bothered her to do. To, to do uh, the nude scene in it. And uh, so it was, uh, it, so we, you know, we learned that about her and learned uh, lots of other, like you said, learned about Chevy Chase and Bill Murray not liking each other. Mm-hmm. And yet their, their one big scene that I was just quoting from when he comes into the, when he comes in, uh, when, when uh, Chevy Chase knocks the golf ball through into the, into the, the little shack that, that, Carl, Carl, um, the greenskeeper, uh, is, is played by Bill Murray is living in, and uh, and goes in there and he's trying to play through, and and he winds up having this big bottle of wine with him and getting him to to toke on this gigantic duber and while he's coming <laughs> cannonball right back here at you you know, so just downloaded on my on the HBO Max app. Craig got a flight to New York coming up, so I will oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely watch it. Now, I think there's probably like three really famous comedic golf movies. Of course, Caddyshack, yep. Happy Gilmore, yep. Tin Cup. Right. Do you have a preference from the three? Oh, well, if I was picking between the three, it would be Caddyshack. Caddyshack. But, but, uh, but I liked all of those. I, I definitely liked all of those. They were, they were, they were good. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, somebody said uh, <laughs> The Flying Wasp. Uh, what tongue in cheek, considering the upper crust people of, of means. Absolutely. And nobody like Chevy Chase back then or now says a texter uh, heard he's a total ass. I know there was, there was a lot of stuff. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it, it was something else. Uh, thank you for the compliment on the judge Smales impersonation. It's just, you know, you, you know, you, you get, uh, you get so used to seeing. It. I was in college at the time that movie came out, so uh, you, you got to where you kind of memorized the lines. I saw it at the theater, then I saw it like on HBO, you know, several times or whatever. And you get used to Judge Smales, you know. So I want these creamed. I want I want these shined in a cream buff and a chamois on that. Uh, and then, and then, and then, of course, in, in Bucky and Aaron, we're talking about his nephew Spalding, who's just grotesque. I want a hamburger. No way. I want a cheeseburger. I want a hot dog. I want. You'll get nothing and like it. You know that's where that phrase "you'll get nothing and like it" comes from. Uh, you know, as well as 
well, we're waiting. You know, there when he's putting on, when uh, Danny Noonan is putting on 18. You know. A classic meme that I, I always will send to friends who are taking too long to respond to a that's, text. That's, that's that. That's I in the climactic send. scene of the movie. You know, when, when, he, when he's lining up that putt. And when Noonan agrees to play in place of the injured Al Serving, he goes, oh, my arm's broke. He's waving his arm after the, he got hit on the ricochet, and they add him instead of Servic to play alongside uh, 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 to play alongside uh, uh, Ty, uh, who is you know the uh, Chevy Chase character, against Judge Smales and Dr. Beeper. Uh, and uh, the match, it's going to be for 40000 and eighty, and then they double it or something, or forty, and then they double it to eighty grand or whatever, uh, that sort of thing. And uh, earlier in the movie, when Noonan was, try- was being kind of a suck-up to the judge and trying to get a scholarship, he wants to go to law school, and, and he said, well, I, you know, I'd like to go to law school, but my parents don't have the means. Well, the world needs ditch diggers, too. Uh, that sort of thing. Um, and then, and then after he catches her with, uh, catches her and, and it's really, it's Danny Noonan who has the real, um, nude scene with, with Cindy Morgan, not so much, not quite as much, uh, Chevy Chase. They're in his pool later, but, it, but, uh, he catches them after he's hiding in the shower and he comes in and, or he goes to jump in uh, into the bathroom, and his wife is in the shower, and she thinks it's him walking in. Elihu, come loof of my stretch marks, and then sees him, and then he chases him around, and he runs out, and then he calls him in later, and he goes, "My niece has a certain zest for living," and uh, ask him to to do that. So, okay, how about a fresca, Mister Scholarship winner? And then when he decides to play, then uh, he goes. I guess you don't want that scholarship. I guess you don't. I guess you don't. I guess you don't. So I mean, it's there's there's lots of lines and lots of byplay that happens in the course of that, and, and not to mention the caddies themselves and the whole swimming pool scene where the baby Ruth gets in there, duty, they're all going in, and then and then when they're cleaning up the pool, and Ted Knight is saying, "I want this entire entire pool clean and deodorized and disinfected," and then and then it's Carl down there. Uh, and uh, Carl Spackling the cat, and uh, you know Bill Murray, and he picks up the baby Ruth, and and the judge's wife is about to faint. Oh, and he goes, "Hey, it's no big deal," and he takes a big bite out of it, and she just faints, you know. And then the, there's the famous scene where Cinderella boy, she's about to become a master champion, you know, and he's he's killing the flowers there with a uh, with a with a rake. So anyway. It's it's great. Greg, it, I hate to interrupt the, the table read, but we have some breaking news. Let's have it. Let's have the breaking news. Yeah. Jim Callis from MLB Pipeline is reporting that Dylan Campbell has signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers for a five hundred thousand dollar contract, about seven or about yeah, about sixty K over slot value. No. No, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Thirty-seven over slot value. So wait a minute. He's he's the Dodger fan I am, but I I said it yesterday. I wanted Dylan to the the selfish side of me wanted Dylan to stay one more year in a Longhorn uniform. But I, as a Dodger fan, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm more more than any of the rest of that. I'm happy for Dylan Campbell. So I'm I'm happy for DC, and and that's yeah, got half a mil to sign. Okay, uh, it'll be interesting to see where they send him. Mm-hmm. They at this point, 
late July, it might just be to the complex in Arizona. Uh, it could be uh, they could send him to the Midwest League to play for the Great Lakes Loons. Could be that, uh, which would be low A minor league baseball. I don't know. It depends. It'd be interesting to see what they do with that. But uh, congratulations to Dylan Campbell. Um, so there. So uh, we're 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 glad for him. Even though, like I said, I personally yeah. would have liked to have seen him suit up one more one more season as a Longhorn. Bittersweet for you, Craig. Yeah, it is. It really is. And I mean, and now that he is signed and in the system, obviously, I'll be. Following him very, very close, just like I'm following uh, what Ivan Melendez has done, even though he's oh, in the man. Diamondbacks organization, but he's tearing it up for the Amarillo Sod Poodles in the Texas League right now after starting off what he was doing at single A ball for the Hillsboro Hops. And now uh, at double A, uh, he's looks like he's on a fast track or at least on a really steady rise uh, through the minor leagues. Had a double whammy on Sunday, a pair of home runs. He's, I'm curious. Do you think the Diamondbacks, because they're they're in a playoff hunt right now for the wild card spot, well as well, yeah, in the NL. In the NL now they've been division. struggling lately. Yeah. They've lost seven of eight, I think, and uh, and because of the Dodgers bullpen collapse in the eleventh inning last night against the Blue Jays, they didn't drop another game, but they lost to the Cardinals, giving up a five run ninth at home in Phoenix last night. And the Giants also struggling. They had a makeup game with the Tigers yesterday and lost that. Yeah. So LA still up four in the West on those two, but yeah, it'd be interesting, especially with the the D backs. I mean, I I think that Ivan stands a really good chance of being a September call up. Yeah, I, I certainly think there's a chance of that. I wonder if that's what they're going to do as they you know they're kind of falling off in, in this playoff hunt right now this season uh, with Amarillo batting three oh eight. He's only had now he's only had twenty nine uh, plate appearances, so a small sample size. And how many home runs out of those twenty nine plate appearances? Six, six. Sorry, eight. He had he's eight. had eight, and then he remember he had he had eighteen in Hillsborough this season mm-hmm. instead of a team record, a Hillsborough Hops record for most home runs in a single season. Yeah, and he only played fifty eight games with them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, good, good for him. And of course, he's not. That far from family. I mean, he's six hundred no, no. miles, but you know, he said, "Oh, West Texas Amarillo." Listen, if you've ever been up in Amarillo, or if you've ever been in El Paso, that's a long drive. You you basically cut across southwestern New Mexico when you do it. I did it uh, a few years ago when the Longhorns had a basketball game on the Army base at Fort Bliss against Arkansas. Regular season game, early season game. Uh, and played and played on the Army base at Fort Bliss. That was the night the Internet went out, and when I was on the telephone uh, calling everything from the under-four mark of the first half till the under-12 timeout of the second half uh, on a telephone, and then they got it, they got, they got it back up and run it again, and the, and the, uh, the uh, press officer for the Army base apologized to us. I'm sorry that when it, that the internet just kind of went out across the entire base. And then that's when I said to him, I'm less concerned about the fact that we got knocked off, the internet got knocked off the air and had to do it on the telephone for for about a little over 45 minutes. I'm more concerned about our nation's defense system. <laughs> if, if the entire internet went out on, uh, on a military installation, one of the largest military installations in the country. But um, after the game, my... Uh, 
engineer, Dave Garrett, and I drove from El Paso to Lubbock because the Longhorns had a football game the next day against Texas Tech. And it was a day game. It wasn't a night game. So we had to drive through the night. So you're cutting across southwestern New Mexico and you know, through Carlsbad and all that other kind of stuff to cut off the angle rather than go all the way around like that. So, And then you just think about this. Amarillo is another 127 miles north of Lubbock, yeah. uh, 130 miles north of Lubbock up on I-27. So it's it's a ways to go up there uh, if you if you want. But it's a lot closer than Hillsborough, Oregon, I can tell you that, in the, in the Portland area. So very good. Very, very good, uh, good for uh, Ivan, clearly. Bizarre uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Dale Dudley says it could take you to the thriving metropolis of Jal, New Mexico. J-A-L's at Jal or is it Howell? I, I, I don't know. We just went through. Somebody said, I, I was moving a U-Haul from El Paso to Austin, looking at nine and a half hours, not looking forward to it. Yeah, that'll that'll take a time. And then somebody says, Saquon one year, is that basically what he would have got on the tag? Uh, could have been. Could have been. Uh, absolutely. Um, so, anyway, uh, <laughs> maybe the best first segment ever listening to Craig replay the entire movie on Caddyshack. Somebody else going a little long on Caddyshack. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, it is happy Caddyshack Day to you. So there, there you go. All right. Uh, coming up, and lots of folks are loving this. Uh, how about a fresca? Uh, loving, loving that. Uh, the, the Caddyshack stuff. They, so, yeah, it was 43 years ago today. The Haver Camps playing golf. The lady knocks the ball on. That's a peach, hun. Wee! You know, she's knocking the golf balls just into the lake there. Now the guy hits in the caddy tournament, hits the ball up, and it rolls into the bunker from the fairway. Ah, and he says something. The other guy goes, no, no, looks good, right on the beach. You know, so there's uh, there's a lot of memorable lines that come from that movie, especially if you like golf or whatever. All right. Uh, when we come back, Jeff House in the building. We'll have our Longhorn notebook. We already had the breaking news about Dylan Campbell, but we'll have more coming your way when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way, our producer Cameron Parker, and now joining us, the co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, a proud graduate of Florence High School. You know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7, into which he was engaged and involved up until just a few moments ago, but now free of that yoke, at least for the next 90 minutes, is Jeff Howe. Good news, uh... Dylan Campbell has signed with the yeah. Dodgers. Bad news is I've had to rework the first hour notebook on the fly. But we do have some 
It's not breaking news, but some interesting news you to know, get to in the notebook. You just said good news there. You know, a lot of Longhorn fans are not going to be in agreement with I you. I think everybody should have known this was going to happen. And Dylan Campbell just got half a million dollars to play pro baseball. Yep. So, so you got to be happy for him. Yeah. Now, when you say, and, I, and I'm not disagreeing with you at all, but when you say I think everybody should know this was going to happen, you, I, I think you'd probably agree that when it comes down inside the last whatever, 18 hours or something like that, hopes all of a sudden begin to rise that maybe this thing doesn't. I always wonder if those negotiations are like negotiations when you're closing on a car. Anybody ever gotten the bid I got to do when I bought my wife, when we bought my wife's car? Did you do the George Costanza? I'll walk right out of here. It, it Did was, you do that? Uh, no, I, and I'm so glad I got to do this. It was, we're down to it, and I had suggested like a ridiculous price, like, I think the thing was listed at, you know, 21-something. And keep in mind, the car car prices for SUVs have changed in the last Just know, a little bit. six, seven years. A little bit. And I, I was like, I want to I pay 14, walk out the door. And I was like, there's no way we can do that. I was like, well, what's the best you can do? So we're negotiating back and forth. Finally get it down to where I want it to be. We're 500 bucks apart. And they said... The, the one of the managers says, "I mean, come on, are you going to walk away from this deal for five hundred bucks?" And I look at the the sales guy who's dealing with it. I was like, "You going to walk away from this sale over five hundred bucks?" I ended up getting what I wanted. Look at you. Do you, do you I'm Craig. You know me. I'm I'm kind of a shy person. I'm an introvert. But when it comes to negotiations like that, I don't know. I I just you can be a monster. My bag of you know what's to give empties out when I walk through the door. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, and and I think that probably you know there's a lot of those guys. I don't, I don't know if you get it. Sometimes when I've when I've uh, bought cars in the past from different folks and different things, I, that the the line I always get is look. It's kind of like your I'm taking all the risk here line from Paul. Star. It's like I'm getting almost zero commission on yeah. this thing. You know, I'm, I'm just you know it, you know that and it, so it's kind of a a sympathy card being played a little bit, I think, with some of that. Anyway, uh, okay, so let's just sashay right on into the notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. You guys seen this update on Bronny James? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bucky and I were talking about that, and then we uh, mentioned that. Hopefully he's going to be okay. Jeez. Suffered a cardiac arrest. But out of, what was it, he's, he's resting comfortably, stable condition now. So, yeah, scary moment. Scary, scary, scary stuff. I mm-hmm. uh, don't know how we transition from that to other things, but uh, do you guys see Arch Manning <laughs> yeah. as his first official, her first announced NIL deal? Yeah, and I thought about you it's, immediately it's because r- of what it is. It's right up my alley. It is. And I'll tell you how insane this is. So he signed a multi-year deal with Panini, the trading card manufacturer, which Panini right now has the licenses uh, for – the NFL, the NBA, although they'll lose those in the next few years to Fanatics. Uh, they've got WWE, UFC. They've got some NCAA stuff for the time being, the MLB Players Association. Actually, they don't have the Players Association license anymore. Um, so Quentin Ewers just recently signed a deal with Panini. Arch Manning has his deal with Panini. They do have NCAA licensing. Arch Manning's first trading card, it is a throwback to the first year Panini put out NFL Prism, which is their kind of trademark, hallmark set. It's their flagship set. 
Okay. Uh, it is a one of one, so this is the only one in existence. It's a prism black uh, Arch Manning autograph. For, so, for folks, it's the card itself is black, right? Uh, the borders are black. The borders it's just are kind black. Of the the yeah. parallel. It's the only one in existence. And when I stopped for gas, I stopped for gas down the street. What's that's what's the Rudy's like five minutes from here? Right. I looked at the bids. The bids were the high bid was one thousand sixty dollars in this auction for this one of one. Okay. Right now, which is fifteen minutes later, the high bid's over ten thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. So that's gonna fetch a pretty penny. So I've got Damn. to imagine for the Manning family to do that, I got to imagine Arch got himself a nice little payday. Well, ten thousand fifty dollars is the uh, current high bid. Uh, and then somebody said he said he wouldn't sign anything until he is the starter. Money talks. Uh, before you go that far in your thinking, also, all of the proceeds from the sale go to St. David's Healthcare and St. David's Foundation. All, awesome. all. So for those of you who are wanting to jump on it for that, understand uh, that's it, they've made a very uh, very direct point in saying all of the proceeds from the sale of that first card it, are are to go to the St. David's Healthcare and St. David's Foundation. So at least, like you said, the low bid, what the high bid right now is ten grand. It's a little over ten grand. Yeah. Okay, so whatever that one card fetches, one hundred percent of it's going to St. David's. But our art still probably got paid. Oh, I'm sure he and, got paid. And it's paid. a multi-year deal. And and you got to understand with Panini, too, yes, they manufacture trading cards, but you're talking about memorabilia. Like, you look at the players and the athletes who have, mm-hmm. you know, their Panini-exclusive guys. Uh, Luka Doncic is a Panini-exclusive. Uh, Vanessa Bryant and Kobe's estate, all his stuff. Uh, if it's a Kobe autograph, it's going to be a Panini-exclusive. There are a lot of guys that are Panini-exclusive signers. Now, some of those guys are becoming Fanatics-exclusive signers. That's a whole different minutiae you can get into but yeah this is a this is not some some mom and pop company this was this is a a multi multi-million dare i say at times multi-billion dollar company that the manning family is doing business with. are you saying this is not Bijan mustardson not uh, <laughs> are, are they, I, I think arch is getting a little bit better mustard uh, this this is more uh, lamborghini money than I understand uh, than mustard money and and again my my point is this you're exactly right jeff i'm sure he is getting paid for it but the most the highest dollar item of what he's doing right off the top is that black bordered card that you talk about where all of the proceeds from that are going to St. David's. Now, is he getting mm-hmm. paid? Sure. Sure he is. But there is something to be said also for the for for what he's doing there for that also. Yeah, I went to Panini thinking, Oh hey, maybe I can get an arts card. I didn't know it was the one of one and yeah, it's uh let's see. It's uh four days left in this auction. It's in the time we've been talking uh, $11,000 now the high bid. Okay. So there you go. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, no, our, Arch, uh, Arch is getting paid. Uh, I want to go ahead and continue our kind of off-season, kind of camp preview, season preview stuff. So yesterday, do you have anything to add, Craig? I don't know. No, the only other thing I was going to say about Dylan Campbell is when we were in, and Jeff and I were talking, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Cameron and I were talking about this, um, it'll be interesting to see what level of minor league ball they start him at and they might just choose to send him to the complex in Arizona uh you know since we're now into late July he he could maybe be sent to low a ball in uh in uh the, in Michigan I think it's in Midland Michigan where the Great Lakes loons are it's low a ball there it could be that but it, they might just want to send him to the complex get him acclimated to the things before fall ball comes up is it Arizona Fall League yep 
Yeah, I think there's probably a good sense. good chance of that. And I think for DC too, as much baseball as he's played in his career at Texas, I'm sure the time off, and not that he hasn't been working out or training anything, I'm sure the time off does him well. Uh, before we get into football, though, we got plenty of time to get into football. Let's since Dylan since DC's deal is done, let's go ahead and look at this Longhorn baseball team. Yeah, for, for 2024 and what you're looking at now. So now, you know, you know if you're David Pierce, now you know who you've got coming back. You know who's not coming back for sure now. You know, the kind of the blessing in disguise, we talk about, hey, the good news, bad news bit. Bad news that Porter Brown didn't get drafted. Good news is that he's back for another year, so that's going to help your outfield. Yep. Uh, talking to David Pierce down in Houston last week, he's oh, over the moon excited. That might be an understatement. When I asked him which guys are going to contribute right away of this freshman class, yep. Will Gasparino, like I, I – I've told you this. I didn't even finish the question, and he was talking about Will Gasparino. They're really excited about him. He would have been, you know, a top, well, Craig, probably top two-round pick, maybe a top three-round pick, but it gets to a point in the draft where guys are comfortable with their college decision, and if they're not taken ideally where they want and the number is high enough, they've got the leverage to say, hey, if you're not willing to pay me this number, I'm perfectly happy with my college decision, and that's kind of the boat Will Gasparino was in. So he'll be part of that outfield mix. Uh, does Ace Whitehead get in that outfield mix? Max Ballou actually has had a really good summer out in California hitting the ball. So I feel like between your your corner outfield mix, your center field mix, between Gasparino, Ballou, some of those newcomers, I don't know. It feels like Ace Whitehead at this point is probably going to stay on the mound, I would think, uh, unless it's kind of a midweek game and you just need an extra outfield or whatever. But it feels like your outfield mix – is pretty set. You know, Jared Thomas is back. Jalen Flores is back. Peyton Powell is back. Jack O'Dowd is back. So unlike this past season, with the exception of catcher, you bring everybody back. You know, we were talking about last year, hey, Mitch Daly is the only returner on the infield. Well, the only thing you've got, the only position you've got to replace is going to be catcher with Garrett Gilmet signing with the Astros. But You've got two really good catchers they're excited about, Nick Sanders from Waco University, mm-hmm. and you've got Oliver Service coming in. Also, Ryan Galvan's going to be a sophomore. He's yeah. another year experience. And I, I think how quickly we forget, Craig, everybody gets excited about the freshman. Ryan Galvan was one of those guys that could have easily been playing pro baseball this yeah. past season. Yeah. Ryland was drafted, but he. But you're right. He uh, And I think he, I think he did improve a lot. Now, there's still – and David Pierce has talked about that. There's some things – they want to work on with him, but it, it it's funny um, that you mention him because he was one of the guys that um, Keith Moreland was talking about. He could see possibly turning into a into a really accomplished hitter mm-hmm. for Texas. And, and Keith Moreland, by the way, will be in studio with us on Thursday morning. Jeff will be out uh, Wednesday uh, tomorrow and Thursday, and. Uh, Bucky's going to be here in the 10 o'clock hour. He's going to stick around for an hour as we'll do one last hour together during our time here in this building. And then and then uh, Keith will be here at 11 o'clock on Thursday. So we'll get his thoughts on the on on what the uh, Longhorn roster looks like. And, uh, and we'll talk, obviously, big league ball with him on Thursday as well. But but to your point, uh, Keith was saying that Ryland Galvan is, is one of those guys that they think, um, and he believes, could wind up being a really accomplished power hitter for Texas. Yeah, and then you've got, uh, you know, you, how, how are these transfers going to factor in? Uh, Seth Warshan from from Penn. Uh, you know, you, we talked last week about Luke Storm from Duke, uh, big six five, two hundred forty pound infielder. Does he fat? You know, does 
if Max Blue doesn't get an outfield spot, I would imagine he probably factors into your DH mix mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, we know Jalen Flores was in in that mix last year, but he's probably going to get every opportunity again to be the everyday shortstop. So you've got a lot of really good tools uh, to work with in terms of what you've got returning. And, and your pitch, look, <laughs> David kind of laughed when I asked him about it. I said, I mean, you got to feel pretty good. You know, you lose, you lose Gino, but I feel pretty good when you can think about a weekend rotation and you know you can just pencil in Tanner Witt and, and LBJ and then work everything from there. And he's excited about you know what Charlie Hurley can do this fall mm-hmm. to maybe round out a really good weekend rotation. And you know you got to replace some bullpen pieces because you relied a lot on Zane Morehouse, who was gosh Zane Morehouse was so good at the end of the year. You kind of wish you'd gotten it, that from him over a bigger chunk of your season, maybe things go a little different. But uh, Zane Morehouse pitched well. You know, when Travis Stelly was kind of a guy that really, you know, Craig kind of did whatever they needed him to do. You need him to spot start. You need him to long relief. You need him to just come in for, for a short burst and, and get you a couple critical outs. Kind of used him for a little bit of everything. So you, know, you got to rework some pieces in that bullpen. But I, I feel like from a pitching standpoint, they're much – the foundation's much better now than it was maybe a year ago. Yep. When yep. we didn't know about LBJ yet, we didn't know what mm-hmm. Tanner Witt's situation was going to be. Uh, I, th- I think if you're David Pierce and, and that staff, uh, you know Chris Gordon working with the with the pitchers, I think you feel like you're in a much better spot than you were a year ago. True enough. Uh, CP says people on Twitter already ripping his signature on the card. To At the- least you can read it, though. At least you can read Arch's signature. There, I'll show you during the break, Craig. There's some there's some bad ones that are difficult to read. Like no, like. I think it's Cam Reddish, I think, former Duke star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know Cam Reddish with the Knicks now, yep. I think. If you look at Cam Reddish's rookie autographs, it's just a line, like a single line. Wow. Like you just got tired of signing stickers and cards. At least cards you can see just, the A and Arch. No, like you can – I'll show you real quick if it'll pull up. Yeah. Uh, oh, you can read his – see, look, you can – now it's not the best penmanship, but you can read that's his name, right? Oh, well, it went away. <laughs> Oh, uh, t- see, look, you, you can. That's his name. Look, you can read it clearly. Oh, it's yeah. pretty clear. I don't know what they'd be ripping him for, and don't really care. I would say, uh, I would to say, CB, Arch- anybody check your check the constituency, the fan constituency of those doing the ripping, and you'll have your answer. No, I would say Arch's signature. I mean, go look at his uncle's. You seen Peyton's autograph? That's not exactly nice and free flowing. It kind of <laughs> looks like, dude, was he? See a few few Bruce's in when he signed this thing. Uh, Eli's isn't perfect either, but I think Arch's autograph is yet another example that they don't teach cursive in school anymore. Craig. They don't. They don't. That's one of those things we had that conversation about things you did in school back in the day that you don't do that aren't done anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know whatever whatever was taught specific subject will matter or just things that you got in the school cafeteria uh, to, I know the guys were talking about outside in the hallway before we got going about uh, certain vaccinations that, that happened in your school days. You know, there are lots of things that were done differently uh, in school back in the day and writing cursive uh, was, was one of those things you had to work on it. You had to practice on it. I've been putting this together, this, uh, this run of Longhorn football contenders rookie ticket autos from the contender series. Yeah. And you can see, like, the autographs, how they go through the years. Like, you look at, like, Colt McCoy's autograph and Jordan Shipley and Aaron Williams. Like, the penmanship is really good, and you can read it. And then you get down to, like, Charles Amenahu, and I love Charles, but it's just, like, a C with a line. I'm like, like, 
could have put a little more effort into that, Charles. And then, like, you could see, like, guys like Sam Ellinger and Cameron Dicker are trying really hard to, like, write cursive, but they don't really write with it a lot. So it just kind of, I don't know, might look like a third grader wrote it. So Albert yeah. Breer says it looks like his eight-year-old's. Exactly, because uh, guys don't know how to write cursive. cursive. Yeah, okay. All right. You know, he's probably also trying to write it within it. You know how you write sometimes when you have to sign your name? Yeah. Like in one of those deals in a, in a tight space, like a DocuSign or something, and it, and it takes a I will also tell you this. That is one of those skills that if you don't use it, you lose it. Plus if you if, don't practice, if you don't write much in handwriting, cursive handwriting, it gets it gets a little bit sloppy, and also I've noticed that about my own. Plus, if you're not used to, I, I see guys struggle with this. Uh, if you ever if you ever buy Leaf All American products from the All American Bowl, and want to know why some of those autographs look the way they do, some guys just aren't used to signing autographs. Yet. Yeah, so they're not really sure kind of what to do. Do they still teach it? Because I remember it was like second, third grade is when you had to go through. That's when you had to do the, the whole cursive. alphabet yeah. and write this stuff. You'd then you see you that stop. chart across. My wife works at a private school, and I think. I think in some of the lower school grades, they still teach it. Yeah. yeah. Public school is hard because everything, you know, I don't want to get on a public education rant, but it's a lot about <laughs> standardized tests and whatnot. Bizarre. Dale Dudley says, I miss that rectangular pizza from Molly B. Dawson Elementary. Man, we, hey, we, we, ain't nothing we, like square square pizza, Salisbury steak in the cafeteria. I would eat that meal. The corn. Right now. Right there on that. They don't get I the bread. Did you ever figure that out, Cameron? Was that a deal in your school? Like you get the, the square pizza with corn? Yeah, why they give you? Because they felt like they were giving you a vegetable, even though we know corn is not technically a vegetable. Starch on yeah, starch. Yeah, I remember starch. that. I remember how fire the pizza it was though with like yeah. some jello jello usually on the yeah. side yeah, the low the... calorie low fat jello with the doritos <laughs> that were like the low calorie doritos yeah, yeah, with the yeah. low calorie the baked they were the baked cheetos baked lays no nah, back and in I, my day it was just straight up like whatever they and, didn't care and i've i've said this before on the air but it, it bears repeating uh at least one more time while i was here when i, when I was when i was a elementary school kid into junior high one of the formula of uh, one of the things that that helped form in my mind about being on radio and broadcasting was the morning drive, if you will, radio show on the AM station in Greensboro, WBIG, which I thought were great call letters, and then the station they ended up shutting down like in the eighties. Let's find out later. AM fourteen seventy. It was the Braves affiliate too. When we listened to it, that was the only baseball I'd get. But you had this old uh, time radio host named Bob Poole, and he had been in New York. He'd been and worked at World War Two and everything. But he was, but he was from North Carolina. He had this incredible baritone voice, this deep, deep voice, and he was, and and he would read the school lunch menu. Today's school lunch menu: fried fish, collard greens. Sliced cornbread, congealed cranberry salad, plain or chocolate milk. That's today's school lunch menu for today. Every now and then he would say, today's school lunch menu, and he'd hit the drop of Andy Griffith from what what it was with football going, two hot dogs and a big orange drink. He goes, no, no, it's not that. And then he would... He would read the thing on that. But, yeah, school lunch menus are different. We've, did, you ever we've do a, did you ever hear a Diablo sandwich drop? I never heard that one uh, from Smokey and the Bandit. Let me have a Diablo sandwich of Dr. Pepper and make it fast. I'm in a hurry. You want anything? Hush puppies, Daddy. We got no time for that crap. But we do have time for Inconceivable. That's next when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Inconceivable. 
Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Ah, some good offerings, by the way, on the Specs text line. Uh, about a variety of things. We'll get to them after we do Inconceivable. Uh, here, that some of them has to do with uh, the school lunch cafeteria thing. Some about the guys. I figured out what that noise was. Somebody had the volume up on this TV, so I, was, oh, wow. I kept hearing Stephen A. Smith screaming at someone in my. Then ear. you knew where to look. Okay, yeah. it was on there. Um, some folks ready to give Isaiah Collier eight levels of crap because he says he can never dunk. And here's Cam, who said in the opening minutes of the program how he dunked last night over at the Cedar Park Rec Center. Does it count if you could grab the net? That's about <laughs> the bottom far. of it? It's about as far. Hang a finger in the bottom of the net? It's about maybe? as far up as I got. Yeah, okay. All right. My brother. Bizarro Dale Dudley's very, very entertained by uh, the whole dunking situation. He is. So we'll get to some of that coming up. Okay. This is, by definition, kind of a fast food note, but not in terms of the food element of it. Um, I, I found this amusing given the current climate of what is going on in this building and how Jeff and I and Cam, we have one week of shows left here on the program and other uh, shows that will be shutting down. One week from today. A week from today. Okay. In the uh, days. Some locations, some, not, not a lot not the majority that I know of or anything like that, but some locations of McDonald's have a posted sign now for its employees calling it a uh, no-quit restaurant. That it's a no-quit restaurant. And what, that, that mean? and what it means is it forbids employees from quitting without visiting with management. They declare themselves... A no-quit restaurant um, saying that it's decided to take a different approach instead of it being, you know, transient culture, regular business expense. Uh, They displayed a no-quit sign within the restaurant. Essentially, employees working at these locations aren't allowed to resign without prior approval from management. Now, I know what you're thinking. We used to have a phrase for that sort of thing when I was in high school, and they would say, you can't do that. You're about, And you would say, really? Watch me. That's what we yeah. used to say. Watch me. You don't think so? Watch me. But. So tell me if you want to not work at McDonald's anymore, you got to go through the process of entering the transfer portal? Something like that. Yeah. Um, so the, the, way, <laughs> the way that this has worked is the employees at this particular location they were talking about uh, must meet with the McDonald's management to address the reasons Kind of like an exit interview, but why are you quitting? The statement that they put out seems appreciative because they begin by saying that the company values the employees, their growth, and the contributions that they make day in, day out. However, they do start to get assertive with the concept of being a quote-unquote no-quit restaurant, in the air quotes, which is the term we can't say we've ever heard before. They say there are many different situations that lead to employee resignation, many of which they feel can be resolved. So, so what that, happens if you don't? That's if, what I'm saying. You, you, you just, like, does Mayor McCheese have you thrown in jail or what? Yeah, I, I, they say you can't quit. Really? Watch, Watch me. me. You know, it's, it's a, but. Going to be Sellies with the Hamburglar or something? It's kind of like, I interpret it kind of like you've heard the bosses say, oh, I'm, I'm out of here. You can't quit on me now. Don't quit on me. Let's talk about this. Don't quit on me. 
We can work through this. Kind of a more more of a uh, on a more uh, industrial level of that. Sort <laughs> How about of thing. no? I'm out of yeah. here. Yeah, I've had enough. I make twelve bucks an hour, and I'm working till three in the morning. I think I'm good. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. So anyway, there's I'm tired that. of going home smelling like sweat and fryer oil. Yeah. Um, got some more airline stuff for you. Um, it's not United, is it? No. Spirit? No. Uh, uh, I don't know what this one specific airline is, but I can tell you another thing is uh, I saw on Twitter last night, or X, whatever you're choosing to call it these days. Whatever airline they used in the movie Soul Plane? Uh, yeah, right. I was uh, one of the people I follow is Blair Schaefer, Vic's daughter's assistant coach with the team. Yeah. She was out recruiting and had a nightmarish experience getting back on Allegiant last night, which, of course, lands at the South Terminal. Yeah. It land at a major, yeah. And it was about 3 in the morning when she landed. But then there was this other uh, uh, other thing, and this isn't necessarily, in fact, it isn't the airline's fault, really. This is more about <laughs> a relationship. A TikToker said her partner had decided not to pay an additional $11 fee to sit next to her on a flight. Now, you know how that stuff works, where if you're on a lot of airlines and you go and you buy a ticket, you can change your seat, or you can when you select what seat you want, mm-hmm. some seats that are better than others that might have the extended leg room or yeah. that kind of thing, but they cost more. Right. They cost 10 or 11 or $13 more I've seen, 24 I've even seen, depending on where it is, yeah. that sort of thing. Well, apparently this couple's flying together, and um, and this one guy gets his seat, uh, or and his partner uh, has a seat that's in a better position, and she says, the seat next to me is available. He said, I'm not paying the $11 extra to do it. I'll see you when we land. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's an issue for that relationship, I guess. Maybe eleven dollars, like it's eleven dollars. Yeah, you're right. going to do this over eleven dollars. Uh, so yeah, there's there's that. I <laughs> I had a scenario come up yesterday. I'm not going to name any names to protect the innocent, but there was a big kerfluffle about a party that I'm close to going to Waterburger. And they didn't want to pay the extra 50 cents for cheese. They're like, we'll just put the cheese on the burgers when we get home. I'm like, you're already spending $30 on lunch. What's an extra 50 cents at that point? Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> at that just, point, it yeah. just hurt. This is stuff just like <laughs> right here, just right around your temples, temples. through the eyes and to the back of the head. just hurts so bad. Right <laughs> That's in there. good. Um, all right. Uh, By the I, way, thank you, CB, for keeping us updated. The bid for the Arch Manning card is now over $12,000. Well, well um, on that front, on that front, um, speaking of bidding, I know Cam has heard this. You're not a big soccer follower, so you may not have heard this. No. Okay, you know uh, the type of money that's going around in soccer, mainly from the Middle East. Uh, I think I know. Is this, is this the uh, Mbappe. Mbappe-related yeah, note? Yeah. 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 So I, I just want you to consider this for a minute. Um, with all of the stuff going on with Lionel Messi, right, mm-hmm. and, what the, and what he's getting and what he turned down, which was in the neighborhood of, of 
$350 million for one year to play in Saudi Arabia. I think it I think was. So. Something like that. So you got Mbappe, who had turned down the Saudi Arabia club. Um, well, he hasn't quite turned it down yet. He's just considering this as Al-Hilal, the club, offered, first of all, to pay the $332 million transfer fee. PSG. Yep. That's 300 million pounds. And then they offered him, for one season, one season, $775 million. One year to do that. So he hasn't said he's not going to do. He hasn't said that. You know, his time with uh, he's at this impasse at Paris Saint Germain right now. Meanwhile, Giannis Antetokounmpo checked in and said, "Al Halal, you can take me. I look like <laughs> Mbappe, and he does bear a resemblance to it. So to him, Kinda, so you think you think uh, we'll just call it Mbappe money now? You think yeah. Otani is going to get close to Mbappe money on the open market? Uh, not." To that level, but it'd be a lot of it. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. Hey, final thing. Listen, I know your your big deal is the robot wars. You know what mm-hmm. mine deal is. They're happening. The primates. Yeah. Yep. You need to know that right now, in parts of Africa, there is like a civil war going on between silverback gorilla tribes. Oh. That they've like aligned with one another and they're fighting one another. Tribes, wars between silverback gorillas that they're like attacking one another, like in armed forces. See, we need to get like a CNN crew reporting overseas on that. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Just saying, they're organizing. Don't, sc- don't scoff at this. I'm just saying. Uh, they're it's you know it says it's not unusual. The, prim- the primates to see- have human like characteristics, like they put on like war paint and whatnot. That's what I'm talking about here. It says it's not unusual to see silverbacks with wounds and scars after these conflicts, one side against the other. Keep that in Arming mind. themselves like Rambo at the end of First Blood, <laughs> which Cameron didn't watch when I asked him to. He hasn't seen Caddyshack either. That was discovered. Uh, First Blood's a, a bigger deal than Caddyshack to me, but. I would disagree with you on that, but that's all right. We'll we'll be back the second hour of the Tower of the Lord.